Christ Church, New Malden, Sunday the 20th of August 2023, 11 o'clock service. PJ Aston speaking on Why I Am a Christian. So why am I a Christian, as the series asks? Well, there's a tradition in sermons that they have three parts. Well, as we just sang, I have 10,000 reasons, so I best get started. I'm going to stick to the three-part rule just for your own um, kind of chance to see some of the World Cup. So I'm going to break the question into three parts. One, what is a Christian? Two, who am I? What's made me who I am today? And three, why I am one? Firstly, what is a Christian? Quite simply, it's a follower of Jesus. The first Christians got that name in a place called Antioch, which is now known as modern Syria back nearly 2,000 years ago. They got this name because the disciples or followers of Jesus mirrored the life of Jesus, who is known as the Christ. Christ just means the anointed one, or literally the divinely chosen one. The boy's name Antioch means resistant or holding fast, which is exactly what the early church was doing with all the persecution going on. Persecuted church has been a lot on my mind over the years, alongside mental health issues. You're seeing this talk that I like the idea of doing rather than saying. Last April, I completed 3,000 push-ups for mental health charity. I could stand here all month asking for cash in a sponsored beg, but to symbolise the struggles I had with mental health, which I'll go in later, I decided that a physical struggle would symbolise the mental one. Let me go back to the start with a little bit about me. What a cute baby. I was not meant to laugh at that. <laughs> I was born at £9.6 back on the 19th of April 1977. For those doing the calculations, I'll save you doing the maths. That makes me 46 and counting. Hard to believe, I know. I also weigh a little bit more now, about 32 times. I was born in the Clapham Hospital in South London. At times, the South London accent pops out, you know what I mean, mate? I was born as the third child to John and Christine. I lived with them in a Christian home off Brixton Hill until I was married to Emma back in 2006 when we moved to New Morden. I haven't even heard of the area until we were looking for areas to live that we could afford. We started here at Christchurch about seven years ago. As I said, I'm the little brother. I have two older sisters who I'll get on with now. Read into that as you wish. See how the fashions have changed since the first photo of us. The family home is where I first found out about a relationship with Jesus, a relationship rather than a religion or Christianity. Not just by God books and stories from the Bible, but from how my parents and Christian friends and family lived their lives. I was brought up in a Christian denomination called the Brethren. They are an individual group not affiliated to other de denominations, set up to follow the example of the early church's fellowship and biblical backing. There I learned to love the Bible, sometimes in serenity, sincereness, socially, solitude, or in my sadness. My school years were, how can I add it up in a few words, too long. I didn't enjoy the education system, I was told at the time by career advisors that the Lambeth education wasn't the best starts in life. Don't get me wrong, I now realise the value of teachers, but at the time growing up, puberty 
peer pressure, etc., school life was an unhappy time for me. I found out a few years ago that I had ADHD, which gave a new as aspect into my miserable school life and possibly the reason. ADHD, or Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder, as it's known, has symptoms that include a short attention span, messy or untidy living, constant fidgeting and acting without thinking, to name but a few. That sums me up at the best of times. I went to the Church of England Primary School, which is at the bottom of the road where we lived. This is where I made a few lifelong friends. My longest running friend goes over, back over 40 years. The vicar of school later became the Bishop of York. He was someone who wasn't afraid not to hold a party line, living, not lip service. One incidence of this was him adopting a Ugandan war refugee, one of my best friends at the time. School life moved downwards as I left primary school and went to secondary. I went to a school called Dick Shepherd, which had been pulled down and turned into flats several years if you're late, if you ask me. He got his name from the Vicar of St Martin's in a field down in Trafalgar Square in London in the 1920s, where he turned a traditionally high church into a centre point for deprived and disadvantaged, once again putting into action what he believed. My memory of that school was that I experienced in poor teaching, racial abuse, violence and hostility. I left secondary school with finally what I call even stretch results, A, B, C, D, etc. But still managed to go on to study motor vehicle engineering and worked my way up to senior motor vehicle craft technician. It was a job that I thoroughly enjoyed. Diagnosis, problem solving, repairs, dirty hands. This came to a abrupt end after I had a breakdown. It felt like 20 years plus was down the drain. The breakdown was followed by a di diagnosis of severe depression, then about a year and a half later, a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. It was a diagnosis that I was expecting as I was experiencing extreme highs and even more extreme lows. Fluctuations of mood out of my control, rock bottom feelings lasting months, self-loathing and self-harm, etc. Followed by, by being so high my consultant thought I was on recreational drugs. The next few years involved some very hard times for me and especially my loved ones. Quite a few trips to A&E, hospitals, consultants, medication reviews, counsellors, shrinks, Samaritans, the list goes on. Shout was a particularly helpful charity because you text them rather than speaking, something which I find difficult when I'm low. My Christian life took a hard knock. Why was this happening? Had God turned his back on me? Was I out of favour? Did God not care? Did he no longer love me? But I was so drugged up on medication, I just didn't care. Caring people tried to raise my spirits by quoting verses like the ones we read earlier, suffering, endurance, character, hope. Words that are now starting to have significance, but at the time they were like a nail in a seemingly ever-looming coffin. Why was I feeling so unworthy? Before this time, I worked in two garages after my apprenticeship. Firstly, a Jaguar Land Rover franchise and then a police garage. Not happy with one just cap on, one cap on, I found myself moonlighting. When I was at a Jaguar garage, I worked at night as a club doorman, 9 to 5 mechanic, 8 to 3 a.m. bouncer. I started doing Friday and Saturday 
nights, but with my increasing reputation, I'd working up six nights a week. This lasted quite a few years. It started out at a birthday party with a friend in Croydon, which turned nasty. The party, not Croydon, that came later. I intervened and dealt with the situation. The head doorman was so impressed by my actions, he offered me a job on the spot. A few years later, when I was a vehicle technician for the police, I also became a special constable. For those who don't know what a special constable is, it's a police officer that works part-time voluntarily. I mainly enjoyed working night shifts, much more fun. Most people raise an eyebrow when they hear of a Christian bouncer or a bouncer who becomes a copper, but there are a few skills that relate. Dealing with people at the best and worst times, nighttime crime, licensing laws, use of force, drugs, weapons, anyway, the list goes on. I'm still not sure if these extracurricular activities use my natural abilities or I learnt some new ones. I expect a bit of both. Either way, they had an effect. During this time, my walk with God fluctuated. Due to my, due to my poor mental health, this was the same story with, with the job that I enjoyed the most, which was the police officer. I was so incapacitated by my poor mental health, I was unable to, unable to work or even do the most basic of life functions. The decision to give up door work was much more considered. I was arrested for assault, ABH and robbery one night after an altercation. In a cold cell that night, all I wanted was a Bible. None could be found, so I was given a blanket instead. One need out of two needs that ain't best, bad, I guess. I donated the Bible later on to the custody suite. Living, not lip service. I was released on bail while they investigated the night. And I now believe that it's thanks to God and the prayers of everyone I knew, the charges were dropped just a few days before I was to reappear. Alongside this, I was in a new relationship with Emma. I met her when I was working in a nightclub in Wimbledon one Christmas. She wanted to wish her friends inside a happy Christmas before going off to church for a midnight service. At first, I wouldn't let her in. What struck me about her, as well as her looks, was how open her faith was, when at this time, my faith was, faith was a struggle. We married in 2006. We had two great boys, Matthew and Nathan, who were eight and four. Unfortunately, due to excessive amounts of meds I was on, I regrettably don't remember some of their childhood or even some of my own. But where does God come into the equation? Why am I a Christian, as the title says? In those years and decades, my character has changed several times, not always my own choice or desire, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. But one thing that hasn't changed is my belief that God exists. Through the highs and the very lows, I felt that something more powerful was at work. At one point, I wondered how God should be honoured and followed, as I knew that God deserves to be. I looked at different religions and realised I wasn't good enough for God to be pleased with me by what I did for him, but it's what he did for me that made me all right with him. God over the years has shown himself to me through what he's done, not just telling, but showing. One example of this was when I was in Chef Sharon in northwest Morocco. Chef Sharon is known as the Blue City dating back to the Jewish heritage. It was painted blue as the colour of the sky, which was a connection with God. Locals will now tell you it's because it wards off mosquitoes or attracts, attracts tourists, denying the Jewish traditions. 
1918, there was a population of 7,200 Jewish families, which was most of the population. Now, with a population of over 50,000, there are no Jews and only a handful of underground Christians. I was on a short-term mission trip and prayer trip, supporting local Christians, many of whom were living in fear of their lives because of their faith. I rather naughtily took some Arabic Bibles to give out. This was risky because at the time, local laws banned such activities. When I say local laws, I mean the Middle East. One night, we were praying together, and I felt God saying I would give a Bible to a male teenager wearing a red top. None of the group I was with knew the packages I was carrying. No one but God. This was on my mind all day. I was looking for every opportunity to get rid of the Bible before I got questioned by the secret police again. Every item of red clothing was a target for me. I'd almost given up hope finding a red-top individual after I accosted several people. I even considered leaving the Bible on the bench and let God do the work. In the afternoon, we had to find a cash point, and the young guy offered his assistance. When we finally found a working cash point, he held it in his hand for a finder's fee. Needing all the money, we just got out of the cash point, which was our last pennies, which we needed for fuel and food. I was reluctant to hand over the group's pot. Out of my mouth came the words, you want money, but we have something more valuable. Four people's faces looked completely puzzled at its replay of the Peter and John story in the Bible. His face, my two friends, and mine were all puzzled. I didn't know what was coming next. His replay was abrupt and sharp. In broken English, which was much better than my free Arabic phrases, there isn't anything more valuable than money. I thought a strange thing to come from a self-confessed devout Muslim. We had quite a long religious talk as we walked along looking for cash points on different subjects, including the value of worldly goods. The Bible at this time was doing its best to burst out of my pocket. Knowledge, I blurted out, was more valuable. I was shocked by what was coming out of my mouth. But he agreed that knowledge was more valuable, so I gave him the Bible. I gave a sigh of relief getting rid of my risk, I mean finally doing God's will. Still doubtful of my ability as a Christian and doubting my faith. Something that plays my life sometimes. I remember thinking of the boy in the red top. Where was he? Maybe I should have bought another Bible, one for a guide and one for the elusive red top. Maybe I got it all wrong. Was it just a dream, a culmination of the tiredness and the day's activities? Have I felt God again? I handed the kid a Bible. He looked at it, looked around carefully, and undid his blue silk jacket and put it inside. I hadn't even twigged that he was wearing a jacket in mid 40 degree heat, but under his jacket was a Man United t-shirt. I was speechless. God had blown me out of the water again. So why am I a Christian? Is it the upbringing, or the influence of others, or the ups and downs? Partly. The religious side of Christianity, the collars, windows, smells and bells? No. Is it like we read at the reading, that God didn't want me to be good enough for him, or wait for me to be good enough for him? Oh yes. Is it the hope I have, that through the suffering of Jesus, I have a relationship with God? Most definitely. Without Jesus in my daily life, I would be a broken man in prison or dead. 
An umbrella cannot stop the rain, but it allows us to stand in the rain. Faith in God may not remove our trials, but gives us strength to overcome them. Thank you.